Oh man, this is harsh in my, my this is bumming my high. Sir, roll your window down. I don't have a window, man. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> What's up? Do you know how fast you were going? In a construction zone? 6-4. You were close. Uh, there's not really a separation there. You are going 64 in a 45, and it's a construction zone. Um, Sounds like a lot. Can I see your license and registration, sir? Okay, here you go. All right, I'll be right back with you. Man, I can't believe this cop. He took my box of raisins. All right, sir. Everything checks out, but uh, I will be having to issue you a speeding ticket today. What? Um, yeah, you're going a little fast there, but, uh, I'm going to knock it down for you so you don't get the super speeder. I really appreciate that. Uh, you wouldn't happen to listen to Catch Up With Crab Legs, do you? Catch Up With Crab Legs? Yeah. That's my favorite podcast. Uh, mine too, bro. You know what? Between you and me, this never happened. Oh, I really appreciate it, man. Any listener to catch up with Crab Legs is a friend of mine. Oh, appreciate it, man. And scene. This is how we fix the police brutality problem in the country today. If See, everybody just listen to catch up with Crab Legs with hands-free devices, then uh, yeah, no one's going to get tickets. Because who's going to give tickets to a fellow catch up with Crab Legs listener? I, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm not a cop, but... I mean, I'm not a cop either. Wait. Show me. Show me. I'm wearing a I'm recording the conversation right now. I'm wearing, I'm recording the conversation. Whoa, me too. <laughs> Actually, that we're gonna bring y'all behind the curtain real quick. We're gonna part part the kimono. You, oh, so you're into the raisins now, huh? I do kind of like the raisins. Yeah, see, they're nature's oh. candy, man. I don't know where that raisin. Went. No, what, whatever. Here, have some more. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna part the kimono. The reason why we sound like we are in the same room is because we are. Ba-ba-bam, this is actually our first episode recording in the same physical area. Yeah, this is pretty kick-ass. Uh, it was a little hard to do. <laughs> I like the little... <laughs> I had to think about what my license was, but luckily this box of raisins came in handy. I that was it, all off the cuff. I think uh, I think that really helped the cop get off my case. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, I was playing the part of um, surfer guy, I guess. He changed a little bit. Yeah, he did. Um, uh, but there are certain... He can't open his eyes. There are certain uh, materials that will probably change your voice a little bit. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know what state um, Surfer Guy lives in, but... I'm pretty sure if he went to eat at Crab Shack, it's probably like on the coast. I would say maybe California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was probably California. Like, having a drive through like, fast food Crab Shack... Sounds very much like a California type of restaurant, or a California type of thing. All right, yeah, I'm back. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so we decided that, uh, or I say we, but it was more of like a Cody decided to, I can't say surprise because we made these plans, but I forgot about them, so it was like a secondary surprise, which was cool, uh, to come up and say, down. what's up? Yeah, I guess down, that's true. <laughs> 
and say what's up since you're on fall break, I think? Yeah, technically I'm on fall break. Um, this semester is not really a fall break. You get Thursday and Friday off, and I don't have Thursday or Friday classes. That sucks, classes. dude. Like, honestly, as a fall break, I think, like, what, UNG's got, like, a week off or something? Most Tuesdays are pointless. Like, okay, so you, either, you have a two-day fall break, and then in Thanksgiving we have a three-day Thanksgiving break. We have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Okay. So I'm just like, just uh, don't even give me a fall break and just give me a full week for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like, you know? That makes sense to me, at least. Because two days is kind of pointless. And then literally the day before Thanksgiving, that's terrible traffic. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, for real. You're going to spend, spend most of your time driving in those three days, I feel like, than you are anything else. Because what? You're going to... Well, I guess you got the weekend or whatever, but at the same time, like... Everybody's going to be driving there, and everybody's going to be driving back. So you're, you're like going to experience Friday a lot more traffic too. than usual. Dude, I'm not looking forward to Black Friday. I don't know how many people come to Starbucks on that day, but I bet it's a lot. I bet it's a lot. Because we're right next to those shops. I'm not looking here nor there for Black Friday. I don't plan to go out. I don't like going out for Black Friday. I don't think I have much of an option. <laughs> <laughs> My first day of work in retail was Black Friday. Did I tell you that? At Lucky's? Yeah. That sucked. I think I remember that. I had no floor training, and they're like, hey, you do it. I'm like, okay. I'm surprised I didn't um, quit, but that was also kind of the case for the next two years at that place, too, so. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, whatever. So, today's topic is going to be, it's possibly going to be somewhat gloomy, but I think it it needs to be talked about. Man. And by that, I mean, uh, it was one of the conversation topics that we came up with. We had a lot of fun in that intro, too. (laughs) Uh, everything was going well (laughs) until we started talking about the topic so today's topic we're gonna be talking about uh well i would like to name it mcdonald's american dream or american nightmare see i told him to not use that title because it's really cliched but i mean he it's kind of gets the point of what we're gonna talk about is not necessarily wholly mcdonald centric because, like, we could talk a lot about the good, good McDoodles, but... Oh, McDonald's. <laughs> but at the same time, we're not really talking about the food aspect. We're talking more of it as a business aspect. Because, you know what? We are experts at business. But, yeah. Anyway, you came up with a topic. Lead us in. So, basically, what we wanted to bring in, and McDonald's is a fine example of that, is that McDonald's does serve as... You know, an American dream. It's like that typical American dream where it kind of came from nothing and now it's this big booming business. That's kind of crazy, you know? And then at the same time, a lot of people see McDonald's in a negative light. So it could also be the American nightmare, whether that's for health reasons or for how much. Uh, maybe political power they have or how much sway they have in general so that's that's why i used mcdonald's in the intro but it doesn't necessarily have to be mcdonald's but just how something can represent the american dream in one light and then another light it can also be you know not such a good thing yeah like we had talked about this because when he brought up the discussion before i was thinking like uh like supersize me like y'all y'all probably heard of supersize me or some class in high schools forced you to watch it and this is my public service to tell you that that documentary is horseshit and it was not it like if you even take a half second to research anything done 
the guy who did it, I can't remember his name. It was probably some ding dong named Ralph or something. But like, let's just say it was mediocre research. It was mediocre research that can't be reproduced, and it's it's kind of like there is no. And didn't you say someone did try and reproduce it, and they actually did good? Yeah, they did fine enough. I mean, obviously, like it's it was more As done in, in moderation, healthy. and they were more healthy and actually maintained exercise. The guy, like, failed to mention that he was 100% vegan before doing this. And then, like, when it started coming out that, oh, he was vomiting and stuff like that. And it's like, no shit. Like, you just went from one extreme to the other to the point that you were, like, getting mega, mega, mega food. And you had to supersize it every single time. And you ate, like, a stupid amount of calories every day. And he didn't exercise or anything to try to get rid of any of that energy. So, like, yeah, you're not going to feel very well, dog. So, anyway, that's not really the topic. But that's kind of whenever we breach, like, a oh, we're going to talk about McDonald's. It's like, you know, as you touched on briefly, like McDonald's, when we, like, I remember reading about it, like, you know, in high school or something as like from a business stat, like the history of it and like fast food nation or whatever. And it's like, whoa, you know, McDonald's, Ray Kroc started from the bottom. Now we're here type stuff. And like, it's an impressive story of like American ingenuity and hamburgers and French fries, I guess. And then it's like, but when you think about it now, it's just like, it's just McDonald's, man, like whatever. And, you know, there's like this weird double-edged sword. It's like, well, how is McDonald's like the greatest, you know, serving billions worldwide type situation? But when, like, we don't really care about it. I mean, like, we care about it, but help. <laughs> we wouldn't call it like a, a fine dining establishment, even though, I mean, that, I guess that's not what the point. It's cheap. It's cheap. Consistent and good. Yeah, I think consistency is really kind of the thing. It's like Consistency and taste, not necessarily in getting your order right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. They don't do that. They don't specialize in that. That's not their business acumen. Uh, so, like, consistent in that, like, even though one of the big things about travel is, like, trying new foods and not going to foods that, you know, like, like you go to Mexico. Maybe you get some authentic Mexican but if you saw a McDonald's there, I mean, that's a taste of home, that's comfort. A, yeah, it's one of those things that, like, people who may not want to be so adventurous or who aren't as able to be adventurous or, you know, whatever, they, um... You know you can find something there that you can eat. Yeah, most it's, people. it's the picky eater's paradise is McDonald's. Now, I was also discussing earlier that uh, there was another more recent movie that came out called The Founder. Of course, Cole hasn't seen it. Nope. Um, he doesn't really watch movies. Nope. He's a cinephobe. I suck at watching movies. Cine- when I actually sit down and watch them, I love them, but... But you're a cinephobe. You're scared of movies. Yeah, I just... I can sit down and watch a two-hour Let's Play. I've watched people play Uno Marvel. for two and a half hours. I've watched two and a half hours of people rolling marbles around, and and yet <laughs> you sit down and try to get me to watch a superhero movie, and I'm just having a hard time doing it. But, you know... Whatever. To be fair, in this day and age, I think everyone's a little bit over marveled out. I think everybody's just over superheroed out. But DC's trying to get in there. DC's trying to get there, but in this market, Marvel's got to dominate. Anyway, yeah. um, so like I was saying, uh, that movie, The Founder, discusses uh, some of the darker, more I guess sinister tones of the McDonald's uprising. Well, you're telling me McDonald's has a sinister, sinister side. No, I mean, just a little bit. Maybe, like, a, a darker shade of yellow. Yellow? Yeah, the golden arches. Okay, I mean, I, I just I was going to give you a second run at that, but yeah. 
Yeah, I needed a second run, but that's all the golden arches. That was <laughs> but a quick grab. I, I need a second run, but uh, still fell on the blade. <laughs> so, uh, what was I saying? I was saying that. So the story Raycroc is the one that a lot of people know, but. If you watch that movie, The Founder, there's two brothers, the actual McDonald's brothers, who actually opened the restaurant in California, in San Bernardino, I believe. Hmm. And uh, Ray Kroc, actually, he was just selling milkshake machines at the time, and he went out there because they ordered like six, which is an unheard of number for him, apparently. Um, That's too damn many milkshake machines. Who's making this many milkshakes? <laughs> I'm, I made them, and I'm selling them, but, huh? No. No, no. <laughs> So he went out there to go see it for himself, this Business establishment. But uh, he went out there. He was very impressed by it, and he uh, convinced them to franchise it out, and he was the main franchiser. He would go out and franchise these restaurants. Oh, that's why we know him, huh? Now, they did. he did kind of get a short end of the stick because he was overambitious about this deal and everything. He didn't realize that his percentage cut was so low for each franchisee that he got. So... He realized that he'd sunk a lot of money and he wasn't making it back quick enough. And he actually, like, maybe defaulted on his uh, mortgage loan or something like that. He was in very bad financial times. And he was basically, like, against the wall. And he met this other guy who was uh, giving him some advice. And basically the advice in summary was, you know, you're you're only making a certain amount on these franchisee things because of the contract you're in. And... It's hard for you to get anything changed because of this contractor, and they have to prove everything. And some things work out there in their restaurant, but may not work so well in other restaurants. So some of the franchisees are also having troubles with that. Anyway, so this guy was basically giving him advice. He's like, you know what can control everything? If you buy the land under the McDonald's. Oh. And since you're the franchisee, you're like, hey, you can build here on this plot of land. Which I so happen to own. <laughs> <laughs> And once you own the land under McDonald's, you can basically make your own rules, land rules, that the McDonald's have to follow. And he did that with so many of the restaurants, and then he started making the lease money, which actually made more than the franchisee cut that the McDonald's brothers were getting. And so he eventually was making so much more than the McDonald's brothers, he was able to buy them out, essentially, and stuff like that. Huh. And then at the end of the movie, it kind of gets the He more... played just legit-ass Monopoly on them. Yeah, yeah. That and that's why one of the reasons why McDonald's is actually one of the largest uh, real estate real estate owners in the U.S. That's what I think Mattress Firm is doing now. Yeah, well, they're not selling they're, that many mattresses. They literally cannot be like in Conyers. There was three of them. Who's buying this many mattresses? There's three of them on the same strip. But I'm just saying, that's too damn many mattress firms. Drug dealers. They're putting drugs in the mattresses, accidentally losing them. They're always on the side of the road. I wouldn't surprise. That's a good idea. I wouldn't surprise that. I don't think that's a very good idea. Actually, if you want to keep up with the drugs, but. I think it's a great idea. That's where you drop them off. You know what? Turn off the podcast. We're gonna do <laughs> Hold on. We got to go real quick. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, so that kind of, that movie at the end of it especially showed the Sinister Stone because he really, like, uh, he really kind of screwed Curled over. his mustache and, like, <laughs> well, he really screwed over the McDonald's brothers. He basically, like, stole their name from them. He actually made it where they couldn't even use their own name at their next restaurant Dude, after he bought their McDonald's. That's pretty shitty. Yeah, kind of sad. And the McDonald's brothers are the ones who basically came up with the the system, almost like a Henry Ford type system, mm. that made the restaurants, uh, you know, special. All the restaurants back then were selling like all kinds of stuff, and they were like, you know what? Let's only serve burgers, burgers, fries, fries chicken, drinks. Chicken, chicken, no, chicken nuggets didn't come until like the seventies. I'll think. say they didn't even sell chicken nuggets. It was just burger, fries, drinks, and milkshakes. And Not if bad. you didn't want those things, it was like, all right, we'll go somewhere else. 
because they could just because <laughs> they could just make them by the platters of like twenty or thirty, yeah. and they just have them ready so you can get it real quick. Whereas all the other places were slow. Uh, I, I mean, that's the first thing that uh, what's his name, Gordon Ramsay says, like when he goes in Kitchen Nightmare style, like mm-hmm. if you got too much shit on the menu, you gotta go. Now it's a shame that uh, what's it called the Cheesecake Factory. They yeah, still yeah. haven't figured that 20 out. 20-page menus. Good Lord. Well, when I was up in New Jersey, all the diners you go to still have like 10, 20-page menus. I mean... Marietta Diner, it has like a 20-page menu. I mean, at some point... Like, and it slows the, down your service, too, because the customers take forever to order. I mean, the last 13 pages is the epilogue, and then also <laughs> like the appendix, I guess, but... References. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, we're talking about that. So like, in one light, you can see McDonald's as this am- amazing American success story, and, it, it, and that's one thing that I would say is America's bread and butter. We don't necessarily outproduce in raw bread re- and bun, uh, bun and burger, maybe. <laughs> yeah, bun and that's our bun and burger. But we don't necessarily we don't outproduce anybody in like raw resource. That's not a bad episode title. America's bun and burger. That's a good one. Maybe we should redo the, the, the beginning. <laughs> no. But, uh, <laughs> I don't want to get pulled over again, man. I got too many points on my license. <laughs> Mom, don't listen. I'm kidding. I don't have any points. But America's not like leading. I drive like a saint. America's not leading in like uh, raw resources. We're not leading in manufacturing because it's so cheap in other countries. What we lead in, I would say, is entrepreneurship and creative ideas. Like, we have Hollywood, we make a majority of the movies and entertainment. Of course, some other countries do play a role in that, and I'm sure they have their own movies and stuff, but you, you would have to say, without a doubt, America's dominating in music, movies industry, and a lot of their entrepreneurship. Uh, like I, KFC, even KFC is worldwide. See, <laughs> Subway, this isn't McDonald's. Really, this isn't really the subject we're going for, but it's because we've already done our time, I think. Like, it's like... Um, Folks are really, I was reading something the other day and it was like, uh, people are really hard on like third world countries about having like not a whole lot of laws and stuff pertaining to, you know, your legal rights as a worker and stuff like that. And that's the only reason why it's cheap to have labor over there. It's just because the human rights has not really caught up and like, you know, we're still working on it over here too. But at the same time, it's the only reason why it's cheap. It's also why pollution is really bad and stuff like that. because industry inherently just makes it a, a rough 50-some-odd years after that on human rights for some reason. Like, I mean, obviously, we could just you know pay workers a living wage and not dump shit out into rivers. But, you know, that <laughs> seems to not come with the ticket. But, you know, if we're going to keep that in mind... It's usually the first option, and then maybe they'll go to another option later. Well, when enough people start yelling about it, and when they <laughs> sit down and stop doing their job, and they start getting tired of you shooting at them when you don't, when they do that, that's when you fall. Labor laws come. So we've already done our time doing that. The Triangle Shirtwaist Fire and, and like the Coal Wars, which aren't taught, but the Coal Wars and stuff like that. I think Upton Sinclair wrote a book about uh, the meat industry. The meat industry, And he exactly. was actually trying to, to make a call towards workers' rights. But what it really drove was the FDA and people's like, what? That's going in my meat? Yeah. They, they totally missed the meat. Totally back missed then. the point, yeah. But that's a good book that you should check out on Audacity with our link. Oh, yeah. Upton Sinclair's The Jungle, I believe, is the name of it. The Jungle is the yeah. name of it. So you should go Surprise, check out. I know the name of a book. <laughs> not Audacity. Audible through us. But also what we were talking about. And Man, I, these raisins are pretty banging. <laughs> Man, speaking of raisins, uh, that's going to co- get you some. <laughs> that's, a, that's a company that, um, you know, in the turn of the century, how I was talking about, like, you know, 
we brought up how like McDonald's has a lot of political uh, weight just in because they have a big hand in the real estate market. They have a really big hand in um, the corn market and stuff like that. And corn is a very big um, lobbyist in Congress because like corn... Do you equate raisins to corn? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, they grow, right? They're similar. <laughs> They're similar. They grow out of the ground. But uh, dirt, you, you can dry corn out. Popcorn, done. Uh, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> but what if you microwave grapes? They'd probably pop. I mean, there's one way to find out. They'd probably be like a pressure vessel. A little small one. That's next episode. You anyway. know you're not supposed to microwave eggs. You're not? No, they blow up. Even that's, if... That's even a good if thing you, I don't eat eggs. Even um, if you put them in water, like in a mug of water, mm-hmm. that's still a bad thing to do, apparently. Okay, so how do you make boiled eggs? Uh, on the stovetop. But aren't you putting it in a thing of water, though? It's different because the microwave works differently. Well, that's not really the point. But uh, anyway. (laughs) Where were you going with that? You said corn has a lot of pool. Uh, Like raisins and the fruit industry, like especially Chiquita in the turn turn of the 20th century, sorry. Like the banana wars went on in which like American. wars bananas. Yeah, people were fighting over bananas. I mean, like that's reductive, but they were because like Chiquita, the company Chiquita was... um, Having a little trouble having the right, the continuing rights to operate in Central America. So, uh, yeah, they, uh, we had, had war. Yeah, we had war down there. You we know, had like, war. Fought Panama. I mean, like, we, we had to get the Panama Canal somehow. I mean, I was a little before. I mean, that was actually around the same time. This is without me researching. This is just all off the top of my head. But, yeah, like, we've went over to war about stuff and businesses before oil. Way before oil. It just sucked when we found out about oil, because it's like, hey, here's another reason to do it. And that's how Panama Jack came about. Yeah, we went to war over hats. Um, <laughs> hats and weird monocles. Um, could you ever buy it? I don't think Panama Jack ever sold a monocle. I think he's a fraud. <laughs> the monocle was something special. It was an heirloom. Oh, yeah. It, it was his father's monocle. Uh, but yeah, so I don't really remember where I was going with that, but... That's that you're is, talking about how these these things can start out small and then they're a great example of the American kind of dream. Snowball. But now they they almost they're almost a nightmare because it's like they're wow they have so much pull and so much weight that it's it's a little it's intimidating. Like your, your how friendly much hamburger company that also owns all the real estate and cows and corn. Yeah, which like, by the way, which is great on their end. Like that if you if you want to cut costs, you buy it and then in the long run. Yeah. It becomes cheaper for you, which I mean, if we're gonna play Monopoly here, yeah, that makes sense. Which, by the way, McDonald's is one of the biggest producers of corn, and you may wonder why. It's like they don't sell corn on their menu. Well, that's because they feed the cows corn. Yep. Which, uh, the I'll cows s- will grow and they will get big and they will be slaughtered and they will provide lots of meat. But corn is not uh, exactly their natural diet. It's supposed nope. to be grass or wheats or hay or whatever. Yeah, really corn uh, also like high fructose corn syrup we couldn't figure out enough ways to Use sell corn. corn so we literally made a sugar syrup out of it. Also, that's... Um, ethanol? Ethanol, yeah, it was literally put in gas because, you know, fuck it, let's put in gas. And then um, it was actually something... Yeah, yeah <laughs> like literally corn liquor works because all farmers the... Hold on. It wasn't called. It was called the Whiskey Rebellion. It was literally right after the United States were like founded, and it was the first act of uh, U.S. soldiers being called to put down a rebellion um, on U.S. soil. 
I mean, this is important because U.S. soldiers, U.S. soil, U.S. civilians, they um, were former soldiers. They weren't getting really like their severance pay. Not really their severance pay, but like, hey, thanks for fighting in the rebellion. Here's some money. They mm-hmm. weren't getting that. And yeah, so all these farmers came out and like were like, all right, well, we rebel, whatever. But what they were doing was that they were taking excess corn and they were turning it into corn liquor because corn liquor you can carry to the market easier because it doesn't spoil as quickly as regular dumbass corn does. Yeah, alcohol lasts a lot longer. Yeah, and then they're selling alcohol and like alcohol wasn't exactly something that they were too willing to have unregulated. I mean, this is early United States, so like we were kind of in the unregulated era, but even then alcohol was still like, hold up, buddy. <laughs> and um, so yeah, so like even then, like, not to mention improperly made the uh, moonshine could make you go blind, right? I mean, yeah, but that's like when you use battery acid to make it. But, you hey, know. That's how you get the flavor. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really have Duracell at the time, so we're, they were good. But uh, it it's like we've been doing everything we can to make corn not be corn <laughs> so that we want it more. And so I, we can still have a market for corn. And who's asking for this? I don't think really many of us. I mean, I like a good bowl of cream corn just as much as the next guy. But here is the thing. Like, the people who really want us to continue eating corn is big corn. Yeah, I was like, because corn... <laughs> that sounds so funny when you put it in sounds capital. a little corny, you know? Big, big... Shut up. But, <laughs> but, like, big corn, like, that sounds stupid. But it's like big tobacco, just the same, like... See, corn has its place. Uh, I mean, it's very cheap, and it can sustain life. But really and truly, it doesn't add that much nutritionally to you as a human That's either. That squanto, dude, really. really Not sure if you him. noticed, but you can usually find it on the way out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. Well, it's yeah, because only the inside is able to be processed. The 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 cell wall, the shell, that yellow shell. Yeah, really, almost all that you get from corn is just starch. Yeah, and it's like, sustaining, but it doesn't really add that much to your nutrition. And like when you find it on the way out, it's not a whole corn. It's just that cell or the that outer shell membrane, that it's got the membrane. the membrane. It's just filled up with poop. Yep. So this little so don't ever pull corn out of the toilet because it only looks like corn. It does not. Um, it will not function or be even remotely similar to corn in the least bit. Sure, won't taste like corn. <laughs> no. So you know that was besides the point too. But you know it is a warning to our listeners who might not know. I don't know. But um, yeah, there you go. So another interesting thing that we were going to talk about in terms of like something that would probably start out small, uh, but is evolved into something enormous. And I think it's also something that slips a lot of a lot of people's uh, mental grasp. But when you go to the supermarket and you're saying, I want to buy this product because I don't like this brand, uh, you have to realize that all these brands are really boiled down to boiled down to probably like 10 companies or so Mm -hmm. maybe a dozen they all boil down to not very many companies and i actually i do have a funny anecdote for you know how i stumbled across this uh probably like four or five years ago so what happened was we were making a DiGiorno pizza you know not delivery came from the freezer aisle oh no you're telling me that it's not delivery no it's not huh Never knew. Tastes like. Delivery. I really didn't commit to that joke. <laughs> so yeah, we were we were uh, me and my now fiance are oh, preparing right. a DiGiorno pizza. Mm. Cooked it in the oven, everything. When it came out, I'm cutting it up. 
Uh, I cut the slices, and I noticed one one section of the pizza didn't cut like that good, so I was like, eh, whatever. And we eat slices on the other side of the pizza. Anyway, and we go back for our seconds, right, or whatever. And I try and cut that area again. I'm like, man, this was tough. And then I start, like, really, like, investigating the area that's tough. And I find something in the pizza. A human hand. No. Ah! <laughs> this is our Halloween episode. <laughs> No, I found a clothing tag. Oh, what? Oh, my God. I was wondering what in the world was so bad that you emailed Mr. DiGiorno himself. <laughs> because, like, I can't think of anything that would make me email corporate about something. Like, to be honest, uh, 100% honest, I, I usually Yeah, usually you just throw it away and you're like, whatever. I was like, that one would surprise me, admittedly. But, Wow. So Holy yeah, I was I, I had to dig through the cheese and like I, a, there was like a clothing tag. Yeah, just like the one you're trying to grab at, but you don't have one on your shirt. No, this is a tagless <laughs> shirt. Um but you know, you get the point. So yeah, like one of those clothing tags that you might find on the inside of your shirt or something like that. One of those was literally in the pizza, like under the cheese and stuff. And so I did some investigating. I grabbed the tag. Is there a bunch of tags? Like just one. Okay. That, I mean one's too many, but <laughs> So I, I pull the tag out, I clean it off, I look up the item number on it, so I look up what it is. You know what the, uh, the clothing tag goes to? What? Some sweaty, tidy, well, no. Oh my god. <laughs> Not tidy, whitey. It actually went to a clear apron. So I put two and two together, and I was like, okay, factory workers are probably wearing the clear aprons because they're dealing with food. I'm still not exactly sure how the tag got in the pizza uh, you didn't get the pizza that came out next to that one. That one has the rest of the guy in it. That one had the rest of the body. Yeah. But... <laughs> no, this has but, been the uh... Halloween episode. Ooh. <laughs> so I found, yeah, so I looked up the tag. It's for a clear apron. So then I emailed. Uh... See, I wouldn't have thought to do that. That was a good idea. Yeah. It really brought you down to it. And lead investigator over here. <laughs> lead investigator for a KWC podcast. Yeah. See, I won't be too... Uh... Now that opens up to what kind of dungeons I can throw at you guys. Now that we know, I know we got an investigator in the in the party. So I did try to. I was after I found that out, I was going to contact DiGiorno just to. Uh, I wasn't trying to get anything out of it or anything. I just wanted to let them know as like, hey, you have some sort of industrial issue where you do your manufacturing because you have a clothing tag in your pizza. So. I let them know, and somehow, before I know it, I found out I'm emailing not DiGiorno, but Nestle. Hmm. And okay. that is how I found out that DiGiorno is under the Nestle parent group. Which, of course, I'm like, I didn't get a chocolate pizza, I got pepperoni. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. But also, at the same time, like, this is really uh, kind of a... I, I don't like saying the word problematic, because, like, that makes me feel like Tumblr a little bit, but, like... Just alone, like, for instance, like, uh, ethical consumerism under capitalism is something in which, like, when a company is doing something you don't agree with, obviously you want to boycott it, right? Like, uh, there was a little bit of time in, like, 2012 when people were like, whoa, Chick-fil-A is, like, spending money on, like, anti-gay uh, folk and, like, Africa and stuff like that. So people tried to boycott Chick-fil-A for a little while, and, I mean... They, there's still, they probably still do this kind of stuff, but also at the same time, that's the Lord's chicken, unfortunately, <laughs> and it's tough to be an ally sometimes when chicken's really good. And I mean, I'm saying that as an ally and also a member of the acronym myself, but like, it's still just like, 
it can be hard to boycott something because you may not really know what parent group it's part of. Exactly, and Nestle is one of these companies because it's one of the dozen companies like, that owns like a twenty percent share of the grocery store. Yeah, exactly. And then at the same time, like Nestle, a little while back was also uh, busted, oh, probably around two thousand twelve as well, or at least two thousand child labor laws in either South America or Africa. I think it was it South was, America because I think it was for cocoa beans. I mean, yes, but I want to say Africa just because we, t- they tend to be pillaged for just about any natural resource they have. We'll say both. But they were, they did not, they have very stringent rules on to what counts as an employee and a free person being uh, both. And that was kind of the thing. And like, you know, for a little while, people were like, okay, well, we'll boycott Nestle. And it's like, okay. Well, but were you, boycott, boy, were you boycotting DiGiorno? Uh, no, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's impossible to keep up when you don't know exactly, I mean... What you're boycotting. Yeah, and, and like, Nestle also, like, owns Dizani, and then, like... I thought it was Coke. Oh, yeah, that's you're right. You're thinking, Nestle does own a water bottle. Yeah, I'm thing, thinking of something but... else. But, I mean, keep in mind, I don't research anything when I talk about anything. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm bound to get one of them wrong. But, uh, it's... That's one of the things, and, like, okay, well... Well, Disney, even then, like, we talked about it briefly, like, Nestle has a building at Disney, specifically Epcot, and it's called The Land, brought to you by Nestle. And it's like, okay, did you boycott Disney? (laughs) Because here's the thing, I know good and darn well we didn't, because, I mean, we couldn't, because we didn't have much of a say at the time, but, you know, like, unless you know everything about what you're buying, which is a lot of research... Uh, to do for, I mean, anybody, like, you know, one should be informed about the things that they're purchasing. I mean, people think that counts as, like, Yelp reviews and stuff like that, but it also means, like, exactly, you know, who owns what you're doing. But at this point, it's so, like, construed, just so tough to figure out who owns what at this point, then it's like, What's the point of even trying? It, you know what I mean? Like that's obviously like not <laughs> not the solution, but it can get, get tiring sometimes to try to do right with your money. Like you vote with your money about the products that you want to continue being in existence, but you know, if you don't buy one shitty company's product but you buy a different shitty company's product, then <sighs> Can we shop with a clear conscience? Yeah, I I think it's borderline impossible unless you really do a lot of research, you know. Mm -hmm. So I see you. uh, I see you doing a little bit of a budget blowing right there. Uh, What you looking up? I was trying to just like get an overview of companies under what the big six are. Well, no, I was just trying to get like to give them an idea of what companies all fall under uh, Nestle. Just a little taste of it. You were uh, saying something. They have a lot of stock in one um, grocery store, being in that it doesn't look very good when one uh, one brand name is all on the same products. So yeah, if they, you saw Nestle on twenty percent of the grocery store, you would be skeptical. But I mean, I that's <laughs> why they have all these underling companies. You know, mm-hmm. they don't want to look spe- uh, uh, sus- suspicious. Suspicious, yeah. Which they do. <laughs> Anti-Somatic. <laughs> Anti-somatic. Somatic. Okay, hold on. Anti-somatic could mean something. Mm-hmm. Because somatic in... D- this is a conversation that you guys aren't a part of. But uh, Cody was saying the words uh, anti... 
somatic. I want to be very clear. Anti-somatic. I was saying semantic. Sema- anti-semantic. And he was like, wait, what does that mean? So we were trying to like figure out exactly. And I'm like, well, there's one word that you're definitely not trying to say. Uh, but there may be another point you're trying to make it. But anti-somatic. Um, oh, you play a ranger. So you may not notice this. But uh, whenever you do a spell in D&D, there are three components to do it. It's verbal, somatic, and um, component. Some spells require you to have like an item like a grasshopper leg or something like that, right? Others require verbal or like magic words. Others are somatic, which are hand gestures, like the Wingardium Leviosa swish and flick, right? <laughs> so anti-somatic would be uh, if you were to not make hand gestures, I guess. But, you know, that's neither here nor there or even remotely part of this current conversation. All right, so I did I did use some <laughs> research budget. There's a popular image out here because I remember I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. But it basically boils down the companies, and here's for you to look oh, at. Oh, yeah, I have seen this image before. And it shows the main ones are Coca-Cola, like, Nestle, Mondelez, PepsiCo. PepsiCo, P&G, General Mills, Kellogg's, Mars. Johnson Johnson. And by the way, we do love Kellogg's and their Pop-Tarts. We do <laughs> love Kellogg's. We have to. Mars, Unilev, and Johnson Johnson. So now, we're going to give you a taste of Nestle. Here's one I did <laughs> not expect. L'Oreal. L'Oreal's under Nestle. Yeah. yeah. Which includes Garnier, Vici, Maybelline. Maybelline. So that's a lot. Kiehl's. Cover Girl, Lacosta, Boss. Oh, I got wait. some no, Kiehl's wait, stuff. Go to PNG, sorry. Cover Girl and Lacosta and Boss go to Wonka. PNG. I lied. Uh, Ralph Lauren. Wow. Yeah. This was a good investment. These all have ties. For the research budget, Now, of course, the there's all, a bunch of candies there, but that's to be expected. Kool-Aid? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Damn. I'm drinking a Kool-Aid now. No. <laughs> oh. Well, at least Kraft isn't. But yeah, Hot Pockets. They're under Nestle. Gerber. Hmm. Perina Cat Food. Gotta avoid the cat food, too. Hold on, wait. Hold on. Let me... Friskies. They basically own a bunch of cat food brands. Okay, yeah. I don't feed Boncho Nestle. Fancy Feast. And like Nestle ice creams are at the Disney parks as well. Mm, there's your crunch right there. Love me some bunch of crunch. Yeah, you do. I can't stay mad at them. <laughs> oh, no, wait. Is Kool-Aid Nestle or... No, it's Kraft. All right, we're good. All right, I'm still an ethical consumer. My conscience is clear. Kraft makes terrible cheese. So? <laughs> it's terrible for you, but it's also not technically cheese. It is good. <laughs> I will say Kraft makes the best cheese for, for anything you want to put like on a hot sandwich. So yeah. either a burger or grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. Now, if you actually want a sandwich, then you, you should get real cheese. That mac and cheese word of advice here. <clears throat> I really like... I'm I'm coming around on like craft mac and cheese. It ain't obviously. I look if I wanted real homemade mac and cheese, I'd fucking make it. But no, I never make mac and cheese. Really, not even the fake stuff. I hate the fake stuff. Hmm. I only eat like the real uh, mac and cheese. I don't like the fake stuff. It's like liquid cheese. I don't like that. Yeah. I mean, what's wrong with a little squeeze cheese sometimes? I don't like squeeze cheese. Sometimes the soul requires it. Are mm-hmm. you living in sin? I think I out of the two so. of us, I think technically that would be me, but. You know, so what I would like to do here is I would like to take this somewhat of a gloomy episode and I would like to end it on a good note, okay? Okay, all right. <laughs> How are we going to do that one? We're going to make up facts. No. <laughs> cool. That, that's really popular in the political spectrum right now. I got to tell you, that's, that's, that's a good move on our part career-wise. We're going to be moving up in the world before you know it. Oh, I don't like this move. <laughs> so uh, what I'd like to bring up, what I'd like to tie this together is, yeah, you do have a lot of these American dreams that end up growing up into big, bad, 
bullies, seemingly, mm-hmm. or uh, some companies that just they get so big, they're a little too big for the britches. They have mm-hmm. a lot of sway, stuff like that. Now, to end this on a good note, you have to see that one. I. You may feel like you nece- you don't necessarily have that much pull or sway on these companies, but you have to, like, if you just look back 20 years, how many companies offered any kind of products that, you know, remotely even, like, entertained the thought of sustainable farming, sustainable fishing, you know, uh, non-slave labor? That was not something that ever came up in the 90s. I cannot name any packaging that was like, oh, sustainable farm, sustainable fishing. I think it's a strange concept. Like, for instance, like, like for instance, there are um, economic fads, right? So an economic fad can be include like how everything says fat free, even if it doesn't have any fat in the first place or like sugar free. <laughs> and it's like there's not that much sugar to start with or gluten free, like gluten free. um. There was something recently that well, I say recently, but it was something gluten free that di- wasn't that was made, already gluten free. It wasn't made out of a wheat, rice, or anything kind of product. So I was like, no shit, right? So water, wa- gluten free. Yeah, yeah, gluten free water. That's just as ridiculous as what the thing I was looking at, which obviously was years ago. And I'm fat not free water. And I can't, yeah, fat sugar free water, water. sugar free water, etc. But like one that I've noticed coming up with, like maybe, and for instance, like. There has to be a new economical movement now because, like, we are. I would argue that we are simultaneously one of the more, I can't say educated, but at least willing to research stuff sometimes generation, or at least the most potentially well educated, or. It's a lot easier. The internet. Yeah. uh, Information accessibility. That's what I'm trying to say. And, um,. So, like, we do have the opportunity to do so, and I think we are allowed to make our own judgments based off of this. So, from here on out, we can do better. But also, like, it if a company is advertising, like, oh, now we're using real meat, or, like, hey, we are <laughs> now paying our employees, you know, a livable wage or something like that, that is something that I've noticed is becoming an economic fad in that, like, Companies are now starting to bend to certain demands made by union, not necessarily unions, because the consumers re- really the consumers, but also retail workers need to unionize if we want anything to change. Whoa, did I say we? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and uh, because nothing that business has ever given has ever been done out of their own like their own desire. It's all yeah. been out of the the tenacity in the group. They have to be pressured. They have to be pressured, and nothing pressures people like sitting down because businesses need you. Businesses need you to continue surviving. Like that's that's really the nitty gritty. So like, I, I man, I really didn't want to incite you know economic <laughs> revolution here, but like that's something that's very important. And like, hey, that's a nice claim. If ketchup and crab legs incite something, I'd I be mean, like, that's pretty cool. It needs to be said because <laughs> like in this current economic market. With retail work being on the rise, and like we were talking about a certain economic phenomenon that sounds familiar and it shouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> that change only comes if, uh, like, if it's pressured, yeah, if it's pressured. And like, pfft, coal mining was used to be real shitty, and it still kind of is, but at least it's a little less. So, it's actually one of the safe, uh, one of the safest, uh, mining now. It, it 
good because it used to be the literal opposite because if you didn't do it people would shoot at you msha but... used to like when msha was made which is the mining osha basically mm-hmm. they just really cracked down on uh you know the typical dangerous ones or the thought yeah. of dangerous ones like coal mining so it's like if <laughs> if like if today's episode and ethical consumerism uh, maybe a drag. Consider this: like we are in a ge- generation that can change this, and because like it took people, like not necessarily maybe change how much way they have, but if we're going to work for them, make them work for us. Labor is a two-way street. You know what I mean? Like employment is a two-way street. We're selling our labor so that they can make product. I say they businesses. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So. You know, if we don't really want these companies to be making such these big decisions that may be bigger than any of us, then pressure them in some way. Like, we have to, because one might say we could vote. Like, usually if there's a political issue, the best one way to says vote. vote. But, and then as I said, m- spending money is a way of voting. I'll say the best way to vote is to vote with your dollar. The best way to vote is to vote with your dollar, but when your dollar may not go where you think it goes... Yeah, you have to be then careful with that. you might have to boycott a different way. But, but... I'll let that be up to y'all's decision what that means. <laughs> to wrap back around, to end yes. on the good note... Please. <laughs> I will say, in the, I mean, in the past even 20 years, you can see changes in the grocery store there, I would say, are positive world changes. Yeah, like, it's moving, it can move in a good direction. So this does show, whether you feel powerless or not, that your vote with your money and your feet does matter, and... It is changing. Companies are trying to, I mean, not trying to necessarily, but they are being persuaded to be more ethical and in their... at least transparent. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like they're trying to be more ethical in their labor and in, in their their environmental concerns and, and in, like, their health concerns, like what they're putting in the food. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, a lot of deli meats put nitrates and stuff like that in there to hold the food longer, which, yeah, that was a great thing in the 40s, it makes, 50s. Makes it shelf-stable when... Food shortages were a thing, but yeah, I was saying that we had its place in the surplus. <laughs> I'll say that had a place in the 40s and 50s mm-hmm. to have food last for as long as physically as long possible. As could possibly do it, but without now a refrigerator, we have to st- take a step back and understand. Yeah. Like, do we need meat to last eight months, or do we need it to last one month? Yeah. So different things like that. So I, I mean, we've definitely seen changes in the grocery stores and the markets. So that's just a positive note, showing that you can make a difference and stuff like that. You're much better at swinging things positively than <laughs> I am, I think. And I think on another note, yeah, there's been a lot of stuff uh, in the in the recent news, a lot of uh, controversy on Chick Fil A. But I will say, Chick Fil A is a good example of how even the fast food to wrap back around towards McDonald's. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's changing. So you have McDonald's that was built and then kind of had those dark, sinister undertones in the movie, uh, like I showed or yeah. told. Um, I don't remember seeing a movie. And, and McDonald's has been known for like, you know what? Uh, I don't really care. You're the one buying the food. If yeah. you feed your kid too many chicken nuggets, that's your problem. And, and you know, There's unsustainable. No such like, thing as too many chicken nuggets. I'm sorry. <laughs> and such things like feeding the cows corn and stuff like that. Mm. But you'll actually see... A lot of those typically big ones, like, I mean, McDonald's is still growing, but, like, if you look at KFC, they've been going on the downhill. And then you have these newer restaurants that have come up in the 90s, 
who are actually doing really well. Chipotle. Like, not Chipotle. <laughs> they have too many E. coli outbreaks. They do have a concerning amount. <laughs> but like for the, for the 20th century, Chick Fil A is my example of like this is a new up and coming restaurant started in the nine or did it start no. Chick-fil-A, I don't think was... Well, they did a lot of their expanding in the 90s. I was going to say, they got really big in the 90s. Because, like, True Cathy was like a ex- mall They guy. used to be exclusively in malls, and then like on college campuses, because there was one on the Georgia College campus for... Yeah. They used to be the only one in Milledgeville for a while, and then now they got standalones are all over the place the freaking drive throughs wrapped around <laughs> three times around them. I, don't, I haven't had Chick-fil-A in ages because I don't have the patience. But I would say they're relatively they're relatively new restaurant compared to McDonald's and stuff. Oh yeah. So they're definitely growing, and I think the reason why is one because they focus on customer service, which is obviously uh, that's a pretty positive thing. I would mm-hmm. say they pay they treat their workers really well. I've never heard a bad thing from a Chick Fil A worker. Really. I don't know how it's physically possible. Hold on, like how long are we going? Because I don't want to accidentally tirade on this. I don't know how it's physically possible to be a Chick Fil A employee. Like just to be that positive all the time. Like not that's not well, me it's being not a, for it's not, not be, for everybody. Not being a, like <laughs> I'm trying not I'm not trying to be a grouch or nothing. And like especially with my <laughs> medication, I've been a lot better. But just like the amount of backbending you gotta do is just like, <laughs> good lord. I mean maybe it's just like maybe I was I wasn't joking and it is Lord's Chicken and that's been helping <laughs> out. But like who like just. But it's not for everybody, and that's what they're built on. I would say that's one of their big things that they're built on is having such good customer service. Yeah, and like, but the I other good thing about Chick Fil A, like, it's like Zaxby's is one I would say is really good, but I wouldn't say that they're exactly the fastest of foods. Oh, they're not fast, no. So like, there's a fundamental kind of difference between them and uh, McDonald's, I think. Yeah. Even though they are operating in the same category, they're definitely like top tier. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're, like we were seeing the shift in the grocery stores, I think we're also seeing a shift in the fast food restaurants and stuff like that. Like Chick-fil-A mm. is growing pretty fast compared to the others. And Chick-fil-A is, uh, they focus on the customer service. I know that they try and use local chickens whenever they can instead they, yeah. of the mass-bred chickens that, like, say, McDonald's probably uses. Uh, so, I mean, I think these are positive changes in the climate of the fast food restaurant to parallel the grocery store environment that I was talking about. So just to kind of show you that I do think that positive things are kind of cl- coming in, climbing in, mm-hmm. and showing themselves. You just kind of have to look for it a little bit. Uh, with that being said, speaking of positive things coming yeah, in. Yeah, we got to pay our dues to Big Kellogg real quick. What was Kellogg under? Was that under I think uh, Kellogg Nestle? was its own. Oh, yeah, Kell- Kellogg was its own. Yeah, we went straight to the top, buddy. We didn't get no pansy... Kellogg, of course, sub, has sub brand. A bunch of cereal brands. They oh, yeah. they, I didn't know they owned Double Mint and Big Red and all those. Hmm. Um, I saw some blueberry oh, pancake nope. Captain Crunch. I just lied about that. Uh, Double Mint, Big Red, and stuff is under Wrigley, and Wrigley's under Mars. Oh uh, yeah, Wrigley. Kellogg's is one of the. Kellogg's... It's crazy how Mars owns so much candy and does not make make like Mars bars anymore. You know what I mean? Like kind of sad. Yeah, they don't exist. They just Kellogg's is pretty small. They they only have cereal, Pringles, Nutrigrain, Pop Tarts. Yeah, Ego. they don't. I haven't really diversified. They have Kashi. I didn't know Kashi was under Kellogg's. And see, that's what I mean. Like Kashi is like this. Oh yeah, it's like like they very brand themselves Trader like the opposite Joe's, of Kellogg's. Yeah, very Trader Joe's style. But it's like the mainstream Trader Joe's style. Whatever you know what I mean. And like that's kind of what I mean is like maybe you're trying to think that you're purchasing a better like if you for some reason wanted to hate on Kellogg's or something like that, which we would never do. 
Uh, please forgive us. They do uh, owe us some money, though. I wouldn't say owe us, but we are benevolent. Our benefactors, please. Their sales have tripled because of oh, us. Oh, yeah, <laughs> because it's solely us buying so many Pop-Tarts. But <laughs> anyway, let's go heat up some Pop-Tarts. Yeah. All right, so here we are with the matchup. This one is Wildberry versus Unfrosted Blueberry. Yeah, and this one is a little bit tighter than I would like to admit. This one's a doozy. Yeah, it was a... Both of them are really good, y'all. I'm just saying. Now, for reference, Wildberry has traveled since the beginning of the bracket. First up against Cherry, and then up against uh, Chocolate Peanut Butter. I think against Cherry was probably his tougher component. I would say, yeah. Chocolate chocolate Peanut Butter beat... It it beat Tar out of it, so... Now, speaking of components, we did make the realization, it's like, is the inside of Wildberry just a mixture... Don't, Don't... Don't, Kellogg's, Kellogg's will take us out, man. We will know too much. But I just want to know, is it really a mixture of blueberry, strawberry, and cherry? Kellogg's, if you're listening, we need to know. Email us at ketchupwithcrablegs at gmail.com. Tell us, is the filling just strawberry, cherry, and blueberry? We have to know. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're right, admittedly, but... You know what? Let's give them. Let's give them a date. Be like, if you don't tell us by November thirtieth, we're we're going to the press with this. Yeah. All right. And now to review unfrosted blueberries track record thus far, they were actually in that second tier column, uh, so they basically got a buy for the first round. Yeah. Um, and they were up against peanut butter. Now peanut butter was oh, actually the better right. of the two. So it's ironic both of these faced up against one of the peanut butter brothers. Yeah. Which both but peanut just... butter was better though. Peanut butter was better. It it lasted at least a little bit longer, I think, than um. Was peanut butter a tie? It was. Peanut butter was a tie because it went it to, John to John Yeah, and he put unfrosted blueberry through. And I think we we kind of in the back of our minds, you you voted for peanut butter, but you liked the unfrosted blueberry one better. Yeah, I liked unfrosted blueberry. But you're trying to. But peanut butter, I think, was creative, and I think they did it pretty well, even though peanut butter's not exactly a flavor that I enjoy to eat other than on a sandwich. Yeah, you were respecting it for what it was, but yeah. I, I do think uh, unfrosted blo- blueberry was the good choice for that, and now it's up against wild berries. So it was these a bit are... of a cultural vote as opposed to a practical vote, um, which is a little, you know, counterintuitive to what we're doing here, but, <laughs> you know, whatever. But so now it's up against Wildberry. Very similar type pop tarts. They're both fruity. Mm. Now Wildberry, it is frosted. Double frosted even. One of my favorite frostings. It's got a it's... very vibrant color, blue and purple. Yep. And it's not too crunchy. It works good. It's it's got a great mouthfeel. Admittedly, like when you break into it, it's it's really good. Like it's something I haven't really taken a lot of notice in, and just casual consuming of wild berries but now that we're hyper analyzing every bite we take into a pop tart now it's something i think about when when eating it now do me a favor here press down on one of those blue swirls because when we talk about pop tarts in the past that usually have those swirl pattern we're like they taste like the sprinkles they're really hard and crunchy but these push down they they're not hard they're not nearly as hard as the other swirls that taste literally like sprinkles yeah like i'm I'm pulling them off here and um they kind of squish a little bit they do press in i mean it could just be the dough being a little bit softer but um it's definitely just like, not as crunchy to me i still think they have a little bit of bite to them but it's not as al dente as 
the chocolate chip or the um, cinnamon roll. Yeah. Cinnamon roll was about damn hard. Now, unfrosted blueberry, uh, I think out of the unfrosted Pop-Tarts, I would say unfrosted blueberry is probably the best of the unfrosted because the unfrosted Pop-Tarts tend to be a little plain, and yeah. the blueberry just helps that pop. It, yeah, it brings it out. Like, honestly, the unfrosted brown sugar and cinnamon was just really just boring, but unfrosted blueberry is pretty kick-ass. Yeah, if we had to say a top unfrosted competitor, I would I would agree. It's unfrosted blueberry. Yeah, So if you're looking Absolutely. for something and you want to at least feel like you're being healthier or like look like you're eating something healthier, mm-hmm. you can get unfrosted blueberry. I think that would be the best choice. Also, a little a side note here, like we have always been strawberry fans, but during this tournament we realized, I don't know if it's just because we've it's been so long since we've really had blueberry or maybe we just comparatively had a lot more strawberry than blueberry. Mm-hmm. But we have both realized that yeah, we no, think blueberry's better now. Yeah, blueberry is 100% blueberry's better a better pop tart than a strawberry. So if you've been munching on strawberry for a while, just because Quit. it's it's the <laughs> it's the more popular one, it is. Just go back to blueberry for a little bit. Yeah, treat yourself. Go to blueberry. Change it up on your taste. We buds. are also extremely biased towards blueberry, though. We, as in, like, I think both of us agree that blueberry is our favorite breakfast flavor of like pancake, of muffin. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't typically get strawberry pancakes. No. <laughs> so. I don't get strawberry muffins either. Yeah, no. Never even heard of them. It's not even made to be a pastry, a perfect pastry. So why is it number one? I don't know. Now, what they need to bring back is the apple cinnamon ones. Those were good. That yeah, would be a competitor. Yeah, that mm. would actually be a... We could actually talk with that one. If, if they start selling those again, I say we put it up against the top one that wins this bracket, mm-hmm. this tournament. Anyway, uh, we, yeah, we need to actually. I think we've deliberated. Um, I know exactly where I'm going. So I think, uh, I think cold. We both agree that wildberry is better. Yep. I think it's just like that little bit of difference in the the flavor. It I, is more interesting. The flavor. It's a more of interesting flavor. So when it's cold, you know, at least the interest of the flavor keeps you going. The frosting helps it. when it's cold too. Yeah, the frosting. It, it's a good texture when it's cold or cool or, you know, room temperature or whatever. I would definitely eat this one cold. This would probably be one of my favorite Pop-Tarts to eat cold. This was actually one of those that um, eating it hot was a new experience for me in that I had always eaten them cold. Now, I would say eating them warm, I would say it's so close that I cannot tell who wins for me between unfrosted blueberry and mm-hmm. wildberry. Hot, the it really brings out the flavor of the filling, uh, especially in blueberry, and it does make it a little difficult to decide between the two of them, but that's actually what helped me decide was the hot. So, All right, I think we're going to unveil our answer. I think this one, because I'm not exactly sure where you're going, I don't think you're exactly sure where I'm going, we'll unveil on three. Okay. Well, on one. <laughs> three, two, one. Blueberry. Wait, I was, wow! I was gonna say wildberry. Okay, all right, because <laughs> because wildberry definitely. Had we the... normally when we say one, we hit the button, so that's that was the rule I was going with. That's true, yeah. But I, I was gonna say wildberry because to me they were I I just in About my head damn near identical hot. I was gonna say cold is what brought it in my head. I put them as a tie and hot, but yeah. because wildberry was better cold, I was like, I think wildberry takes that's it. Exactly what I did too. It it's just like. You know, sometimes a tie hurts something, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, if it's so good hot, and and like that being said, 
you know, uh, the unfrosted blueberry is really good, but I would rather have a wild berry. Like, even hot. Between the two of them, it was so close hot that I w- just wasn't really 100% sure. But... And if they're, like, almost the same hot, why wouldn't you go ahead and just pay for the versatility of the wild berry in case you don't have time to put it 12 seconds in the microwave? Yeah, like, if you know By the way, what time did you do on your microwave? 15. That was a good time. 15 seconds. You know your microwave. I do. <laughs> So there you go. You have your winner. You had an interesting, uh, interesting topic this time. I think I'd like to leave off with a little something different. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, we're gonna push this for like a week or two. But please, if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, review our podcast. Yeah, we have like no reviews. And only if it's a good review, four or five <laughs> stars. I mean, just leave a review. I guess that'd be. Uh, preferable I'll, I'll take if it's a bad review just email us the review and we will put that we we'll will file that away it. we'll <laughs> review it and then we will place it up ourselves we will on a review board. the review simple cry about it no <laughs> we won't i won't this isn't like blind politics we're not going to tell you to go out and vote uh we're gonna see what your bias is if you like our show we'll tell you to uh review us if you don't like our show you, you should you should email us kick rocks <laughs> yeah no uh, that we're gonna leave you with that, and then we're also gonna I'm gonna jump back to Audible. We kind of mentioned it earlier in the show, mm-hmm. but if you want to try out Audible, um, you could try it out through us. Mm-hmm. I believe the link is just Audible, like slash Catch Up with Crab Legs. We'll leave it in the description. It'll be on the Facebook page, the Twitter. You can check it out there and just mm-hmm. click the link. If you try Audible through us, we get a little bit of a kickback. You can do your little free trial. If you don't like it, just make sure to cancel it before um, they make you pay for why it. Why would you not like it? It is a great service. But uh, I would, I'm would. i going to self-plug real quick. Uh, I have... I've uh, Has that been off? No, you're good. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I've, in the past week, started... Uh, I, Cole, hello... Uh, have kickstart I say kickstarted but that means something else in the internet now I've jump started a new podcast in which I review players about their D&D characters and why they made them and what makes that character tick uh, it's called tell me about your elf you can find it on Pinecast you can also find it on uh, you can find it on all the same ones right Apple Podcasts Google Play I'm not on Spotify yet but um, I because I forgot how to do it but I think Pinecast makes it pretty easy. It's also on SoundCloud, but you know, SoundCloud's SoundCloud's not gonna be around for much longer, from what I've heard. So, oh really? Yeah, they're kind of falling apart. I think, but you know, other than that, you know, it's if you like role-playing games, tabletop games, or just characters in general, uh, our first guest is very familiar. It is none other than Cody uh, with his character <laughs> uh, Yolan Mauser, uh, with his nickname The Boom. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty interesting episode. So, if if you if if you're just not tired enough hearing half of the voice, actually just both of our voices on this, go check that out. Yeah, yeah. you can go listen to us some more if you really enjoy it. Yeah, uh, for the first episode. For after the first that, episode. After that, you can stop <laughs> because I mean, Cody's not gonna be on it. We know why y'all come here, but <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, enjoy y'all's day. Yes, thank you for listening.